Hi guys, Michael here from Studio 7 Fitness. This is episode 9 of the podcast. So hope you had a brilliant week and you got up to some positive things, you made some steps forward and you you know gave yourself a little bit of me time. Hopefully you did. And we're going to probably talk about that a little bit more later on, but the main thing I'm going to talk about today is stress. Yep. That old word that we all suffer from in some degrees and some way, shape or form. So today we're really going to talk about what stress is really um, and what it does to the body um, and the nervous system. And not only that, but how we can manage it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the unhealthy coping mechanisms with stress. And then on the flip side, the coping mechanisms and how we can manage our stress better to be more productive um, in our mindset, uh, energy levels, etc. And uh, yeah, so, um, you know, we're going to kick on for maybe 20 minutes or so, half an hour, and hopefully you'll get some good content and some good practical resources that you can use going forward. So off we go. So the way I like to paint a picture of stress in my workshops and seminars, I post a picture of a person in a suit of armor. Okay. And then I say to, to, to the audience, this is my idea of stress. And it's like stress is like trying to run a marathon in a suit of armor. Now, would that be a pretty tough task to do? Yeah, obviously. Um, would you be able to do it? Probably. It might take you a long time, but it's possible it could be done. However, it would be nowhere near done as well if we were able to start taking off some of that armor first. Okay, so that's a good kind of metaphor, really a good analogy where you're, you know, you're covered in this armor, you're covered in this stress and it's weighing you down. Um, but for, for many people, they've been so stressed for so long that they have become used to it. Um, it's just part of what they do. You know, it's just part of their life. They get on with it. And it's often when it, it comes to it takes some wake up call, like a, a loss of a job or a relationship breakup or a physical illness to make them aware that, hold on a minute, there, there's something not quite right here. You know, that could be something that you would, you know, you might be nodding your head to this and saying, you know, you've got all this stress on you on top of you, weighing you down. And you, you just shift it to the back of your mind and just accept it. This is life. I just need to get on with it. Now, it's true that we we do need a certain level of stress to get anything done or else we wouldn't do anything at all. We wouldn't, you know, function, wouldn't get out of bed, we wouldn't go to work. We wouldn't do the housework, we wouldn't take the kids to school. So there is a certain level of stress that we do need, but it's how we balance it. And we'll talk about the whole balancing act in a little bit. So... What we need to be able to do is identify the cause of our stress, i.e. the stressor, um, from the activation of our body's stress system, which is the stress response. So we'll have a response internally to the stressor, which would be the stress. Um, and that can come in various forms. So stress is basically a reaction of our stress system to an internal or an external stressor. So it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, something jumped out of you on the road and you're driving or um, or something chasing you or someone attacking you. Um, 
that's obviously a stress and it's an external stress that's going to have an effect on your the physical components and the chemical reactions in the body but also it could be an internal stressor it could be just a thought it could be just something you thought about and you've catastrophized and you've overthought something and then that's given you a physical reaction in the body um, and this sort of stress and this worry is then cause anxiety and and more chronic conditions okay so how do we feel when we're stressed um, what type of things are you feeling in the body so I ask a lot of people sometimes in the seminars and what they're saying is you know you get that kind of nod in the stomach um, that fear that uh, irritation sometimes anger insomnia those type of things so we really need to get a hold of it because stress levels are only on on the rise um, and that's affecting obviously mental health and according to the World Health Organization the WHO mental health problems are the number one health issue we're facing these days and we're facing stresses from all sorts of angles and we're not dealing with them as well as we used to um, or we can do so now, stress, stresses can come in a load of different um, subheadings. So, for example, they could be emotional. So things like depression, panic attacks, restlessness, hopelessness, negativity, irritability. So these are all the kind of emotional um, stresses. They could be behavioral, for example. So that could be, okay, smoking, drinking, um, or abusing alcohol using drugs, road rage, that constant rushing feeling. Do you ever feel like you're just rushing the whole time? Again, behavioral sign of stress. Frequent accidents, crying, temper outbursts, sleep issues. So a lot of these things, sometimes you think they're down to something else. Um, but a lot of it is down to stress. And stress isn't one of the biggest killers we have, um, unfortunately, out there. Others, Other signs, social signs. Things like social isolation, cutting yourself away from everybody, a lack of intimacy with your with your partner, um, conflicts at home and at work, loss of friends, and a bit of intolerance towards others is a good social. It's a bit of a trigger there that you know there could be something up there. Also, spiritual signs, apathy, feeling of an emptiness, burnout, and a bit of a joylessness. There's just that life isn't isn't good. There's no joy. I'm not I'm not feeling any joy anymore. Other signs, other stresses could include things like bereavement. We all suffer from it in certain ways and we all going to suffer it with them um, in some way. We can't get out of it. That's one thing, you know, death and taxes, I'm afraid we, we can't get out of. So, you know, work related issues, studying for exams, you know, financial house moves are very stressful. Accidents, sometimes inter-family conflicts, which I'm sure we all ha have experiences of. Parenting, parenting is a tough, tough thing. I work with mums here the whole time, and dads, and um, it's, it's it's not easy. Um, I do have a, a a good few clients who who care for family members who are elderly or ill, very stressful situations. So I see it all the time. Bullying is huge now, not just with the the youth but with adults as well. Global issues, you know, you know, if you turn on, that's why I try and avoid watching too much uh, news because it can be frightening you know what's going on in the world and conflicts and tension with with major major powers so there's loads of stresses on the, in there so these can be internal external but what they all result in is a stress response in the body 
So I kind of use the analogy of like a car alarm, a car alarm going off when we get that stress response. Um, however, instead of alerting us with a loud and annoying sound, our internal alarm system lets us know that something is wrong by creating changes in our neurochemistry really. So our body's response is like the car alarm. So our brain is basically designed to try and keep us safe, basically keep us alive. That's all you know. our brain wants us to do. It doesn't really want us to take risks. So what it does, it alerts us to the presence of danger in the environment, sort of like our immediate, our immediate environment around us. Okay. Now we have two, I think I mentioned on a previous uh, podcast, we have our autonomic nervous system, so our ANS. It, it basically keeps your heart beating, our lungs breathing. It's all autonomic. It just happens. It's just without, it's, you know, unconsciously. It just, it just keeps us alive. So it has two parts, the sympathetic nervous system, the SNS, which is our flight or fight or freeze. It's, it's our kind of mobilizing system. It gets us moving or gets us kind of reacting okay um the other part is the parasympathetic nervous system which is our pns for short and that is often considered the rest and digest system it's kind of the dampening you know dampening it out the flames type of thing so um there are two systems and it's trying to get the balance right as i said sometimes we need a little bit of fight or flight to get anything done but if that outweighs to a high degree, the the parasympathetic nervous system, which isn't really getting stimulated, then we're we're, we're heading for issues there. And just going back to kind of coping strategies. As a child, did anyone suck their thumb um, when they were a child, or um, they had a blanket? I remember one of my cousins. I won't mention him um, by name, but he had a blankie, and it was his comforter. It was it kept him calm. And I remember my auntie had to go and literally pull it off him when he was asleep, wash it, put it back, because if he woke up and it wasn't there, he'd he'd, he'd freak out. So that was his go-to. People suck their thumb. Um, you know, as we get older, sometimes children tend to act up or misbehave to get that notice and get attention. Or, but a lot of it is that is a coping mechanism for them um, just to get attention. And um, and sometimes we use humour to deflect sort of emotional pain and um, you know we tend to act up play the class clown joke around and it's more about you know there is some pain inside that we're um, trying to deal with but that's how we deal with it um, can also turn a negative to a positive so using that anger for example and that's what I used to do really is to channel the anger I had into sport not that I meant I'd go around kicking people but I would you know you know, run about, jump, use the physicality and channel that energy that was probably bent, pent up and I couldn't really release it any other way um, and put it into to sport. So it's like a positive use of that stress, shall we say. And what matters in life is how we cope with the challenges we face. Um, and we learn these coping mechanisms from a very young age and we keep them. So that comfort blank blanket or humor and anger is, we, we, you know, that's that was our, you know, crux that kind of just calmed us down. Um, now, what we find as we get older, like in past generations, we were more physical. So what I'll talk about first is our the sort of unhealthy coping mechanisms um, for stress. So we'll just touch on a few of them. Firstly, is the decline in physical activity. So 
if we're talking about our ancestors and back to the caveman days, there was sometimes the stressor was like a bear or saber-toothed tiger chasing you. So you had had to react, whether that be, you know, you had to react physically, either running away or fighting the bear. If you pause or froze, then you might end up as dinner. So there was a reaction. Now, these days we don't get chased by many bears, really. So if we're stuck in traffic and we're late or we've got some financial pressures or we've all been there, we always have our mind full of stuff. Not being mindful, it's just full of stress and worry. You're not moving, you're sat in the car, for example, if you're in uh, a traffic jam and you're stressed because you're late. So you're getting, your body is under stress, but it's an internal stressor. So there's still a, there's still a reaction, a chemical reaction. So stress hormone is released, um, you're getting adrenaline, all these um, um, chemicals are circling around the body and you're but you're not having a physical response to it do you know what i mean so you know like unlike what we did back in the day so what happens is that these constant chemical releases in the body you know for a long period of time is going to have a detrimental effect can lead to its own chronic health issues so the decline in physical activity is quite worrying in regards to you know young people from from young age i remember when i was young um not saying i'm ancient or anything but you know, we had to be kind of dragged in. We'd only come in when it was dark or we were hungry. Like we were out the whole time, jumping, playing, you know, running. Whereas less and less, I mean, there's still there's still people who are very active, but um, we tend to be um, less physically active, according to studies, than we were um, 10, 20 years ago. A lot of it's to do with technology, and that's the next point, is we're living in a push-button world. Okay, so... Literally everything is at the push of a button. We we um, we can order food. We can you know order clothes. Literally, we wouldn't have to leave the house, and you could pretty much get everything you want. So it's all talking about kind of energy saving gadgets, but like whose energy are we actually saving? Is is the issue? So that has a that has a, obviously an effect on us not really getting our steps in burning enough calories whereas some you know the the obesity and overweight kind of epidemic i suppose we're going to call it now because that's what it's turning into is pretty scary and you know the who again the world world health organization did a study a projected study actually so in the year 2030 so which isn't relatively long away if if and this is island island statistics not just uh, europe or the world this was on on irish people that if we carry on the same way as what we're doing by eating the processed foods we are um not exercising as much as we did in 2030 so again just over 10 years away the percentage of men who are going to be overweight or obese um, is up to, and I say this, I ask this question in my seminars and they're like, oh, 60%, 70, it's actually 87%, which is pretty scary to me. That's not far off everyone really. So, um, and that's only relatively in a decade's time that we need, really need to kind of work on this. Um, women isn't a much difference. I think it's 83, 84. Correct me if I'm wrong. I might need to double check on that. But it was only a few percent difference. So scary, scary stuff. So that has a lot to do with 
what we're going to talk on to next. Obviously, there's the lack of activity. There's push button world we're living in, and we, you know, we're just everything's at the push of a button. And then obviously the increase in processed food um, consumption, you know, and basically everything, whatever you do in life, whatever action you take, there's going to be a reaction. There's going to be a result of your actions at some stage. Smoking, drinking excessively. If you continue to do this, obviously you might not see the see the the negative results straight away. It could be 15, 20 years down the line, but there will be 100 percent. Uh, negative impact from those negative habits for sure 100% and that's the studies have all shown there will be a reaction there will be chronic illnesses that will come from from overconsumption of processed food lack of activity um, smoking drinking excessively you know down the line there will be <clears throat> there will be a result of that and it won't be a positive one so again you know, high increase because it's so easy. A lot of packaged food, they tend to be obviously cheaper than, than healthy food, um, which should be the other way around, but that's another story. Um, so overconsumption of it um, will lead to obviously weight weight gain if we're not exercising. And also, you know, the, the, the overconsumption of those bad fats, those trans fats, those, um, you know, packaged food that you probably need a chemical um, degree to to um, find out um, what's actually in it um, is is a problem now we're going to go on to healthy coping is poke, ho, uh, healthy excuse me we're going to go on to healthy co- coping mechanisms in a little bit when we talk about food again but um, the last point on this um, for the unhealthy coping mechanisms with stress is stimulants now stimulants is huge because it's a big topic at the minute. You know, there's a lot of uh, drinks. There's a lot of energy drinks. Red Bull. Um, we have uh, Monster. Um, all these type of drinks out there. And in some circumstances, the zero calorie ones um, can be, they are used, particularly people who are working out regularly. Um, the zero calories, zero sugar in some of them. Um, which is a better option ideally you know if you wanted to have a pre-workout you know maybe have a have a coffee tend to be more single ingredient it's going to give you um, a little bit of a boost if you need it but what we tend to do wrong with things like that with the overconsumption, we start getting into what we call a cycle of stress and fatigue so what that basically means is you're starting off in then most of us are in a suboptimal nutritional state basically so what that basically means is we're in a suboptimal nutritional place where we're not getting as much the the proper balance of macronutrients proteins carbs and fats and our minerals and vitamins that we use that we need sorry so we're suboptimal and i'd say most 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 people will find themselves that if they really actually analyze their diet so what happens then is we use stimulants i.e. coffee, sugar, cigarettes, um, energy drinks, to give us a pickup, um, which is fine in sometimes that, not the cigarettes, um, or things like that. But, you know, now and again, like, you know, I started drinking coffee maybe two years ago, which coincided with me opening a business, which I think there's a correlation there. 
but uh, I wouldn't have too much, maybe one or two. Um, tends to be black coffees, no sugar, etc. So Americanos, none of the lattes and stuff, obviously more calorific. But there's, you know, that that's fine. It, you know, one here and there, one or two. But what you find is if you start, if you don't really stop um, and you kind of let that get on a little bit further and you get to a reliance on the stimulants, that's when the problems start to happen. So you rely on these stimulants to get you through the day. So you rely on the coffee, you have multiple coffees, maybe six, seven coffees or energy drinks, sugary stuff, smoking, etc. All these things to keep you going and you, you start to, to rely on them really. You think you need them to keep going. Now, again, if this cycle isn't stopped, then um, it can get to a dependency on stimulants, which is getting really to, to, to the worst end of it. So more chronic issues, chronic anxiety, lethargic, kind of like a depressed state. And this, again, if this is not addressed properly, then it could lead to the, the end point, which is withdrawal, which is literally I can't get out of bed. So you're getting to more chronic mental you know, health health issues there. So this vicious cycle of stress and fatigue is, is a problem, and especially in today where there's literally every other shop is a coffee shop these days, or you can get, you know, energy drinks are coming out all the time, crazy stuff. So, you know, and things like, you know, you see this kind of Red Bull gives you wings, you see the advert, but it also gives you anxiety, dizziness, headaches, jitters, um, that's going to, you know, inter, you know, interfere with your sleep because if you're having, you know, affect your nervous system for up to eight to ten hours afterwards, Do you know. So this is, you know, pretty chronic stuff. Um, not only that, but obviously dental problems, all these sugar um, add-ons and drinks and things and stuff. So it's that dependency we need to worry about. If you if you feel like you're having to have a certain amount of coffees or certain amount of energy drinks to get through the day, then we need to kind of look at other aspects of 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 your life, whether you're getting enough sleep, getting recovery, what's your evening and morning routines like, those type of things. So there's other things going on if you you've got a dependence on um, stimulants to get you through the day. Okay, so um, you know I sometimes bring in you know the sugary things into schools, like and I go through how much sugar is in each. Um, each thing so you know you can nearly have as much sugar in a Capri Sun than there is in Lucasade and you think Capri Sun is always oh, got a picture of an apple on the outside but it's if you actually look at the content there's about two percent apple in there and it's basically sugary water so we have this same with smoothies and things we think they're good but they're actually um, you know can be very high in sugar so you know if you were to have something, try and go for the zero calories. A lot of zero calorie drinks now, you know, your Lucas says that you can have zero calorie options. There's there's Coke Zero. If you were to have something, that would be a better option. There's zero grams of sugar in a bottle of water. Um, so maybe go go H2O, guys, if you can. So um, that's kind of talking about the, the unhealthy coping mechanisms with stress. So we're going to go on to the, the um, healthy coping mechanisms. So, you know, you've got things like meditation mindfulness practicing i have the calm app on my phone and there's other you know headspace things like that i got the calm one i find that i find it good so i pop that on so maybe a bit of guided meditation sometimes i just concentrate on a bit of breathing so again like i talked about earlier sometimes we go around with our mind full as in f-u-l-l and we're not being mindful with the one l of of where we are 
you know, practicing gratitude for what we have, um, our surroundings, the people around us, we tend to um, be full of all the, the rubbish, all the crap that we have to deal with and it kind of overwhelms us. So, um, you know, that type of mental imagery, that that um, that meditation, that breathing space is hugely important and it's really helped me in the last few years. So I find it um, really, really good. So even if you're struggling to sleep, it could be something you could do at night time um, or tend to do some in the morning as well and give me a bit of focus for the day. So... Um, that's definitely one of of a healthy coping mechanism is to um you know practice um mindfulness practice meditation that can really help to to de-stress you to calm you down um and what we can do a little bit and i tend to give this is called a little bit of the stress wheel so it's like a one minute stress break so again this can really help you and it's a resource i give out in my seminars as well so basically it can a little bit of a stress break one minute it can calm you down a little bit so first of all you just check what your body's feeling okay so okay am i tired okay am i tense am i sore am i stiff anywhere so it's just checking your body it's just a little body check head to toe won't take it very long at the minute i've got a little bit of a, a lower back thing going on so i have to address that so that's where i'm sore at the minute so there'll be an, there's an issue there i have a bit of an underlying issue over the last couple of years I've kind of fell off my rehab stuff, so I need to, to get back on track. So, okay, first thing was a body check. Second one is mood. Okay, how do I feel? Am I anxious? Am I stressed? Am I a bit overwhelmed? Okay, so just feel how your, you know, your mood is. And then once you've done that, now we focus in on the breath. Okay, breathe in slowly and deeply. A little bit of a pause at the top of the breath, the in-breath, and then slowly let go and try and relax or let go of any stresses on the out breath so breathe in slowly and deeply little pause and then let go breathe out and try and keep that breath um, nice and steady nice and full not forced um, and then the last point is just a bit of a refocus okay i need to change position where i am change my thought pattern change plans change my activity Okay, so you're just having a little bit of a refocus that can be done within a minute or two and that can have a real effect. So that's a good one just for mindset. Um, obviously, exercise. We talked about the decline in it, but I mean, I've worked in the in the fitness industry, in the health industry for over 20 years. So there's there's untold, you know, the this, this studies and how powerful exercise is and it is, is as powerful as antidepressant medication and that's been proven so you know other benefits include you know your endorphins happy hormone um, is, is called as well they're released you know healthy joints impact exercise is good for this the skeletal system obviously help with osteoporosis as we progress uh, in age you know healthy heart decrease risks of chd coronary heart disease keeps your weight under control you know things like body image are very you know it's in the public eye we tend to compare a lot um so it just keeps everything under control boosts our energy metabolism and you tend to sleep better as well once you have a regular exercise routine you know it's particularly important with things like depression it gives structure and purpose to the day as well um and also you know trying to get out into the sunlight doesn't mean you have to go running on the beach or anything like that um, but it's, you know, it's it's important um, also getting a bit of vitamin D. And there's no need necessarily to join a gym. Um, you don't have to get a PT. 
you know, walking, increasing that to maybe a fast walk. Um, you can always go into a light little jog, a little couch to 5K kind of stuff. It's the cheapest, best form of exercise and can build up as your fitness level increases, you can do more, okay? It's consistency. You'll find if you're doing it regularly, it will become easier, then you can progress it. So it's all about progressive overload as we go through the process. Uh, swimming can be great for people who have joint problems and find weight-bearing exercise difficult. Cycling is also good. So whatever exercise you choose, start with about 20 minutes, okay, at least three times a week. Um, we all have 20 minutes, three times a week. That's an hour, you know, and if you re relate that to the amount of hours we spend watching TV or other other things, then, you know, it, in the grand scheme of things, it's not very much. And it's actually, you know, for your health, mind and body, it's, it's massive. So, you know, the heart's like any other muscle you know if you work the bicep it's going to get stronger so if you work the heart and get get the heart rate up a little, a little bit get into a place where you're you know you're you're sweating you're out of breath you're you're, you're holding conversation but it's kind of broken then you're in you're in a good area you're in that area where you're you're getting cardiovascular benefits um you know so you're getting fitter so you know it's hugely important and as i said you don't have to necessarily have a structured workout you know what do you enjoy people tend to fall off the wagon and stop doing stuff if people some people who hate the gym and go to the gym maybe once or twice um if they come to studio seven now they'll, they'll love it um but you know what i mean it's not for everyone so that's fine that's not a problem do they like rollerblading do they like tennis what hobbies do they have do they like hiking great can they go hiking with a group can they join a tennis club there's loads of ways of just finding a way and making that first step, okay? So again, nutrition then comes up. Obviously, healthy nutrition has a huge effect. So it's a massive area. So I'm just going to give you some simple take-home points for nutrition that you can implement pretty much straight away, okay? So um, having some form of protein-based food with every meal, okay? So important couple of reasons obviously it's good for recovery um if you are exercising um, um good for muscle um muscle recovery um muscle gain if that's what you're looking for um but also for satisfying your hunger you know it's going to make you feel um full for a longer period so you're less likely to feel hungry and want a snack and people tend to snack sometimes badly because they leave big gaps between meals. So it just, just fills us up. So that could be something you'll include. Um, eat the colours of the rainbow. You know, again, you might have heard that one before, but it's true. Nice, vibrant colours, all different colours. Blueberries, strawberries, greens, um, all these type of foods, but just different colours. If you have different colours on your plate, you, you, you're winning. Okay, so think about the rainbow. Uh, single ingredient food. Again, keeping it simple, going back to our ancestors again. You know, as I said, if you look on the back of something and it could be like 25, 30 ingredients, you have no clue what they are, then maybe pop that back on the shelf. Uh, you know, so it's more about, okay, single ingredient food, load up on your fruit and veg, um, get your protein source, healthy fats, um, and um, get the portion control right and, and you're good to go. Again, fibrous food is good. Um, again, similar effects, good for gut, gut health and also for um making you feel fuller um so it kind of expands and the tummy is kind of water soluble um and it just makes you feel a bit fuller like you know with a few nuts 
um, whatever it be, but that fibrous type of food rather than the, the simple sugars. Um, drink plenty of water, which is you've heard all the time, but the, the studies are huge about the effect of water. And a lot of people think sometimes they're hungry, but they're actually thirsty. You know, generally speaking, they're looking around one litre per 25 kg of body weight. This could be more if you're exercising. So the minimum you should be having is at least two litres. That's what we tend to lose a day. That's from going to the toilet, sweating, um, breathing. So at least two litres. And it's simple. I used to do health screening in the UK where I used to go into companies and do health checks on people. And that was one of the things we talked about. And it's the simple things that work. And I've, I've done the same here with, with, with clients. It's literally go and buy. I have one. It's actually a 2.3 litre or something randomly. But it, I got it from Dunn's, I think. But they're all available in other stores, I'm sure. Um, a two litre bottle. Fill it with water. And you'd be surprised how quickly you get through that. If you put that in the car or if you're by your desk or at home, keep sipping that. You know, you'd be surprised how quickly you'll get that done. Any more is a bonus. So if you're struggling to drink water, that has a huge effect on your mental capacity during the day. The way you're able to concentrate, you know, if you're a bit ratty, a bit um, a bit angry, a lot of it's to do with your dehydration. So just keep an eye on it. If you're only getting a glass or two a day, have to up it majorly. Okay. Um the obvious one, obviously, avoiding processed packaged food if we can. Um, it's kind of the 80-20 rule, guys. So, you know, if you're, that's why I live by 80, you can't be, it's hard, very hard to be 100% good all the time. And it'd be a bit of a boring life if we were. So, um, you know, you can you can have, I'm not a fan of cheat meals and all that type of crack. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't call it a cheat or, you know, that type of treat or, you know, because you... Sometimes you have it and you're kind of guilty of having it. You shouldn't have that, you know. I've got a sweet tooth. I love a little brownie now and again, a bit of an ice cream. But that's fine because 80% of the time I'm good. I'm eating clean. I'm exercising regularly. And that's not going to have an effect, okay? So very important. Um, again, another healthy, 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 I'm tongue twisted tonight. It's late. It's been a long day. Um, healthy coping mechanism. Healthy coping mechanism is sleep. And, you know, there's been literally podcasts on sleep and I'll probably do one on sleep as well. So we'll give you a little bit of a, a, a run over on that. Um, majority of people, I'd say, um, I think it's like nearly I have to I might uh, I might think about it again. But I think nearly well over half the UK population anyways, there's probably over around 30 million people are getting less than six hours of sleep a night. Now, that's not the the worst thing if you can then make some of that up you know naps are important and we might go on to that a bit more in in a future podcast but um you know you normally heard about it you know you have these REM cycles there's a there's a cycle we sleep to they're in 90 minute cycles so if you can time it with a certain amount of 90 minutes and and time your alarm because um, if you wake up and you'll just feel like you've been jet lagged a lot of the time you're waking up in the middle of a, of, of a REM cycle. So, um, you know, studies seven to nine hours as in for longevity of life. But as I said, you know, people, there's a difference between what you what you can get by on and what you really need. So people can get by on four or five hours, but eventually they'll break down if they're not topping that up, if they're not getting maybe these um, extra little naps in, which sometimes it's hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. But it's it's so powerful. Sleep is like the one of the biggest things out there. It's when your body recovers. It's when you mentally recover. 
and when you physically recover from the day okay so that deep sleep and you probably all have your or most people have their fitbits now deep sleep you know your periods of deep sleep lighter sleep rem you know so deep sleep where you're getting that physical recovery in so you know if you are exercising you feel that little bit of soreness from that's when we physically recover and then during our rem and there's there's a dreaming phase we do our mental recovery so you know can't overstate how important sleep is it's a vital like physical process basically regulate regular sleep you know stabilizes our nervous system so it just replenishes the body and the mind okay so that's going to have its knock-on effects so um you know what we need to do is is to get into a good bedtime um and get a regular because we have this kind of circadian rhythm and we probably you've probably heard that word before but basically there's a natural sleep wake cycle so that's why we need to expose ourselves as much possible to daylight um so if we can get out at all during the day because the body needs to know where we are and and the same goes as we're getting into you know evening time or sleepy time or bedtime so it's it's like we need to kind of let the brain know so we're gonna we're gonna slowly go towards our bedtime and this triggering the brain will kind of release melatonin so we're starting to start to slow our, our pace down start dimming the lights uh, turn off any blue lights unless you have any blue light glasses and things like that instead of being stimulated by your phone try and lock that out um, start going into a little bit more maybe a nice stretch um, a little bit of meditation some reading and just kind of regularly getting your bedtime in a certain time because then the body's used to it and then what we tend to do wrong is then at night time or sorry at, at the weekends we sleep in or we have and then by the time monday comes around we're kind of wrecked and this is like you know jet lag feeling and that's because we've messed up our rhythm so it's all about the rhythm um and now you know we were like a lion now and again but as much as we can try and keep to that whether it's a, a school day should we say or not so it's getting into our routines you know if we can add all these kind of coping mechanisms together so to speak um, compared to what we were probably doing before would be a huge um, you know and adding in those little bits on you know morning and evening routines um, um, I might touch on that just to finish off so then the last thing I'm going to touch on before we finish guys is huge and has been huge in my life for the last three or four years um, and I bang it on about it again again and again but it's it's massive it is gratitude and practicing gratitude the gratitude journal is something that was um recommended to me again maybe three four years ago and it's had a massive effect on everything really the way i'm sleeping the way i i still overthink things but i'm not as bad as i was but literally keeping a journal will absolutely change your life in ways you've never imagined and that quote came from uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey so um, I think she knows what she's talking about so you know the act of writing down what you appreciate and what you enjoy trains your brain to make gratitude and joy your emotional default position that's your default mode is going to be joy 
okay, which is massive. So the repeated thinking of things that make you feel good, just constant repetition, thinking of positive things, alter your brain chemistry. There's a change in your brain chemistry for the better. This is huge, like this is massive. So in this, it's not a diary where you're going to write negative and positive. The gratitude journal is just full of positive things, okay? And this, over time, if you keep repeated, repeated thinking and affirmations of feel-good things, you know, that's not only going to make you feel good, that alters your brain chemistry. That makes sure this is your default mode. This is just how you are as, you know, you're a positive person from now on. So it's massive, guys. So I'll just quickly go through my morning and evening routine for you. You don't have to follow it. It's just what I do. Now, do I do it every single night and every single morning? I'm not going to lie to you and say I do. Sometimes I'm up crazy early and things, but I try and get them done at some stage. But, you know, 90, 98% of the time, 99%, uh, you know, I get these done because I think it helps me. So morning routine, gratitude, intentions, and love. So three things of each I write down. I have my journal by the bed. It's on the bedside table. First thing and last thing I touch. Um, and Linus lights out or you're up then. So write down three things I'm grateful for, three th intentions I have for the day, and three things I love. Or that's straight away, you know, you're thinking positively. And it's those first 15, 20 minutes that's going to shape your entire day. If you wake up, thinking negatively, turn on your phone, comparing yourself to others, comparing, oh, this person's on holiday again, or I wish I had this life. You know, you're, you're giving yourself away to the world. So we don't want to go near the phone. That's another point. I'll go on to that one soon. But gratitude, intentions, love. You're starting your day on a massive plus there, massive positive. Then maybe a bit of breathing, a bit of meditation. I might turn on the Calm app. Um, at the minute, I'm on seven days of focus, I think. I think I'm on day three or four. So I pop that on, maybe 10 minutes, and it's not a long thing. Again, positive repetition in your mind subconsciously. Uh, I do a bit of a stretch because I have my yoga mat by the bed. That's another little hack. Put the yoga mat down by the floor so you have to step onto it, um, and that gives you a bit of a trigger. Again, I, as I said earlier, I've had a few back issues over the last few years, so I get down and have a little bit of a flow, maybe a sun salutation, maybe a bit of a yoga flow. Then have a large glass of water because we've been asleep for for seven, eight hours, me probably five. <coughs> um, I'm working on it. Um, so you're dehydrated, so get some water in chest straight away. No phone for at least, if you can't do an hour, half an hour, just don't have it as your alarm clock. Alarm clocks are like five euros now, six euros from Tesco or Super Valley, wherever you want to get them. Um, but because um, they're all, you know, you say you won't, but you'll go in, you'll check, you'll check notifications, you'll check your email, you'll check your Facebook, whatever. So try and, and, and what you're doing by doing that, if you go in early straight into, into plugged in mode, you're giving yourself away to the world and you'll be like that for the whole day. Take that first hour and last hour for you because you're important. Don't worry about anyone else. You take control of that first hour. That's your day. Nobody else's. Okay. Um, and also make your bed. That's your last point in the morning. Very important to make your bed because it's the worst thing coming home to a bed that's not made, isn't it? <laughs> um, and also you've achieved your first task of the day. Boom. Tick. Off you go. Um, and then my evening routine. Um, I'll just finish this off and then we'll um, we'll wrap it up. So. 
Again, no phone for that last hour if we can. Dip the lights, read maybe a bit more of a static stretch in the morning was more of a flow, maybe more mobilization, static stretch at the end of the night. Again, a bit of breathing meditation. Also important to set the task that you need to do the next day. So your intentions also not only in the morning, but in the night before. So you're subconsciously then marinating that all night. So you're, you know, it's the last thing you're going to do. You know, you set out your, your, um, your intentions as well as what I'm going to tell you to do next. Um, but okay, this is what I need to get done tomorrow. Um, this is your, um, your ABCs. I think I mentioned in a previous Q and a there, what do I need to eat the frog tomorrow? This is what I need to do. This is what I need to prioritize tomorrow to make my day a bit easier, my day a bit better and less stressful. And then the last thing before, literally last thing before lights out, I do my glad. So that's the um, acronym there, GLAD, G-L-A-D. G stands for gratitude. So you don't have to put three things. I just put one thing. So this is at the end of the day, and this is what's happened that day. So one thing I'm grateful for that day, and you'll always find one thing. If you, if you don't, it's there somewhere. You just have to find it. You could be grateful for getting through the day. You know, there's a lot of people worse off. They could be grateful for living where you're living, the family you have around you, your pets, whatever it is. So that's G. L is for learning. Okay, one thing that I've learned today could be about yourself, could be about somebody else. But you've always learned something. Every day is a school day. A is for accomplishment. One thing you've accomplished. And again, give yourself a pat on the back for doing stuff. It could be you completed your workout. It could be going for that walk to get that extra thousand steps in or whatever it is. Give yourself a pat on the back. You've accomplished something. You've made your bed. That's one. You know, you've already done one first thing. So if you're struggling, you can put down that. Um, and the last one is delight. So what made you happy? What gave you joy today? Like today I had great fun with the new mums. They came in. Um, this podcast will probably go out tomorrow because I have to um, check it out tomorrow because we're now nearly at 10 o'clock at night. Um, I've been here since 6am, I think. Um, but look, that's life. Um, uh, so I had great delight and joy this morning. I had a new batch of mums in. I think I had eight Um lots of babies, some new mums in as well. And it's just a great buzz, great energy. And that will go into my my glad uh, diary tonight. That's what gave me joy. Um, just looking at the babies having the crack um, and them having a good time. So glad, G-L-A-D, very easy to remember. Get your glad done and then lights out. Okay, guys. So, um, so that's um, my take on stress. If you had any... Um, you know, questions, or as I said, I hope you took something from that, from the unhealthy coping mechanisms, try and reverse those and try and get some positive ones in that I've mentioned. Okay, I'm going to finish with a quote from the Dalai Lama, and it is goes like this, we can never obtain peace in the outer world until we make peace with ourselves. We can never obtain peace in the outer world until we make peace with ourselves from the Dalai Lama. Amazing, amazing. So that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, it went a little bit longer than than usual, but, um, you know, it's something I'm passionate about. Gone through um, a, lot of, a lot of stressful situations, as we all have, and learned a lot through them, and now kind of managing them better. So, Yep, hope you liked it. If you did, please share, um, send it on, um, you know, pop it up on your story, tag the gym, tag me, 
you know, and I'll um, I'll share it as well. Um, some great, you know, it'd be great if you could rate it as well. Apple Podcasts, any way, shape or form, just to, um, you know, push it out there to more people and be able to help more people in the process. So really appreciate it, guys. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. Have a great one. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.